You're listening to the Deep Slant Podcast. We are inside the Hyundai Texans radio studio. Joining me today, JJ Moses, who I hope is my co-host for a very long time. I love to chat. We had our own little mini podcast before the podcast even started. And I thought, we got to stop because we could just talk for an hour off here. How have you been, my friend? My friend, I am so glad to be here with the one and only DD. It's <laughs> always great to see you, my friend. And what a great opportunity just to talk football, talk life. This is such an incredible moment right now. I'm excited. I know. The offseason is so long, JJ. I'm sure, like, when you were a player, you enjoyed it. And I enjoyed the time off as well, as I'm sure the players do. But, you know, it's just really hard because you're just ready for the season to get started, especially with the way 2017 ended, all the injuries and stuff. And now it's Super Bowl week, so... You're constantly reminded that there is still football going around for two teams left. And I guess let's start there. Let's start with Super Bowl 52, oh uh, Super Bowl week, Radio Row in Minneapolis. And I didn't realize you have family I have up there. I have family DP up there. Actually, you know, you I'm probably from played Iowa. up there a ton, too. <laughs> yeah, I did. The old stadium. Well, crazy, but I'm, I'm from Iowa originally. So Minnesota's not only a, what, two or three hours from my hometown. And my brother lives in Minneapolis. So I remember as a kid, I would always go up to Minneapolis, Minnesota. And when they built that mega mall, it was mall like, of America. oh, my goodness. It is unreal. Have you ever been there before? Okay, so I have a funny story about the Mall of America. Because okay. the Texans played Minnesota two years ago. Yes. 2016. It was early in this. I want to say it was like week five or something. And so every trip we go on, uh, we have dinner in whatever city we're in. But uh-huh. in Minneapolis, I told Mark Vandermeer and the rest of the guys, I was like, guys, you were on your own. I can see the Mall of America from the hotel, and I just want to check it out. And they made so much fun of me. Because they were like, oh, of course, the girl wants to go, go to the to mall. mall of like America. How, yeah, so stereotypical. They made so much fun of my girliness for wanting to go to the Mall of America. They had a free shuttle running from our hotel to the mall. I get in the free shuttle. It's filled with our wide receivers and our defensive backs. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. The wide receivers and DBs. The wide oh. receivers and the DBs had piled in the shuttle bus and me. So the girly trip ended up being the cool kids trip that day. But we checked out the Mall of America. I, I couldn't walk like four stores without running into a player. But it was it was more amusement park and less mall. So from a, from a mall connoisseur's point of view, I would say the Galleria is just blows it away. Totally. But, but there's like an amusement park happening, which – Almost annoyed me because I was like, how do I get around this Dora the Explorer roller coaster to get to that store over there? You know I mean, what I mean? It's, it's unreal because you don't know where things are located. And <laughs> all you see is Big Camp Snoopy right there. <laughs> it's like, okay, there's a lot of water, you know, kids playing in the water and all that yeah, type of stuff. Yeah, there was all that stuff. It was like a water park, theme park. Yes. I'm like, where's Foot Locker? Where, <laughs> can somebody tell me where's Champs? I don't know where Champs is at. I mean, I see all these different stores. I don't know the names of them, but it's a what a it's a great opportunity if you want to get some exercise. Yeah. Did you go upstairs to the food court? I did go to the food court. What did you the, eat up there? I forget, but it was some local place that had a really long line that okay. I waited in. But it was really good. It was sort of like you know organic. Oh look, that yeah. makes me feel bad right now because I'm. Were I you eating like you, the normal? Oh my goodness! Guess what we ate up what? there? I still remember. My brother's into this fast food. He's not a healthy eater, but. Uh, Anyway, <laughs> we went to Long John Silver's. Oh, and yeah. the crazy thing is, long, it's like only one or two Long John Silver's, I think, in the state of Minnesota or even in the city. I can't remember which one. So we don't so, have Long John Silver's in Texas, do we? We do. Actually, it's right down the street on Main Street. Long John is Silver's. It? You, it's only probably one or two people. I haven't seen very many. <laughs> and so I don't know why no one goes to that one on Main Street. Anyway, uh-huh. so there's so another one. We went to one. Long John Silver's. We went to Long John Silver's. And it was I like how you say Long John's. So you long, say Long, long John, John Silver's. Silvers. We had hush puppies. And, you know, I love their hush puppies. Their hush puppies are good. Chicken and fish. Anyway, I ate that. It was so good. And we just kind of walked around. And, and it's crazy because it's such a, a – everyone that's tourists, you know, they're coming up there. They want to see what it's like and – so I got a question for you. So were a lot of the players shopping, and what did they? Did well, they-, they didn't have a lot of time because obviously they had meetings. I think at six thirty or seven. So as soon as we landed, we dropped off our stuff, and I asked them if they were getting anything. They said they were going to take a look. Right. But they were asking me, and I said I have never been to this mall. I'm not the person to ask. But <laughs> I would imagine they probably were just mostly window shopping. I didn't. I stayed there way later than them because they probably headed out for their meetings and. I probably stayed there till like eight or nine o'clock. It was freezing yeah. outside when I left, and it was dark. You said something. DBs and wide receivers were on the shuttle to go shopping. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me because when you look at the fashion now in the NFL, well, nowadays you look at the wide receivers and DBs; they're always sharply dressed. Yeah, don't you agree with that? Because I think their body type, and yeah. you being a wide receiver, you know, I think their body type lends itself to what is it called, like. 
you know, out to market clothing or however yeah. you want to term it, stuff that's off the rack. Totally. Speaking of which, total side note, I was at the Galleria. I ran into Bernardrick McKinney this weekend and I said, what are you shopping for? And we had just done a Monster Jam shoot the day before. And he said, oh, my friend's here. We're looking for jeans. Um, I don't know if we're going to find any jeans for him. His friend was pretty big, too. Okay. So I'd imagine this is a common problem for bigger for guys. For the bigger guys. Yeah. They need to come up with a store. I mean. Not a big and tall, but a cooler big and tall, yeah. right? I mean, I, it's funny you say that. Every time I go into the Galleria, guess who I always run into? Who? It's going to blow you away. I'm, he's probably one of the greatest Texans of all time. I'll let you see if you know who he is. Andre Johnson. Andre Johnson. You do, and I'm all, right. That's ding, my ding, second office. That's my second office. How have I Andre, never run into Andre Johnson? I promise you. Every time I go to the mall, I think I ran into Andre. And you could ask Andre this, but I've I've probably seen Andre <laughs> at least five or six times in the Galleria Mall within the last year. I always run into Andre, and it's almost around the same spot. And he's just kind of by what himself. What is he? Where, where, which, buddy. Where, what store is it? Well, it's Man. not at a store. It's just that we're walking. He's just walking through. He might, you know, stop at a store here or there. But I'm always running to Andre Johnson. What is Andre Johnson? Well, you know, he's lost a little bit of weight, so he could probably shop at the gallery. Well, now. Andre's all – I mean, okay, this is crazy about Andre. When you look at Andre on the football field, he just transforms into this Hercules guy. It's like, he's humongous. Just humongous. He is, yeah. But if you really look at Andre when he's putting on the street clothes, putting on the shorts – He's a lean-looking guy. He was like that, DP, when I played with him in 2003. He was always a lean guy. He was? He was always like that. And I think that over the years, he probably got a little leaner. But for the most part, his structure is uh, – he's a very lean guy by nature. You think so? Because that's his body. Because that's yeah. the one player that surprised me when I first started working with the Texans. I'd obviously seen Andre Johnson play. But when I saw him in the locker room yeah. – Without shoulder pads and everything, I was like, who is that humongous dude? Yeah. I didn't realize it was Andre Johnson because I expected him to be more lean. And he's actually got big shoulders, wide shoulders a wide small back. Waist, yes. Yeah, he's he's really wide up top and muscular. Yeah. Uh, and DeAndre Hopkins is, I think, trending in that direction. He used to be a lot leaner. And I feel like maybe, maybe the more years you're in the league, you sort of put on weight, strength, yeah. you want to be able to get through the season. DeAndre Hopkins, another guy I ran into at the Galleria before. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Guess where most guys shop at in the Galleria Mall? I'm going to see. Do you know where most guys oh, shop at? Oh, I like this question. I think you know because you got, by the way, DB, you have fashion. I, you well, can thank be, you. You're a fashionaire. You can. You definitely style. I like so. that you said that because I do spend a lot of time at the Galleria. I don't know if I'm a fashionista. Was that, is that Zara appeal? Is that Zara? This I mean, is Zara, yeah. I, I, see, I knew that. I knew that. Zara. For, Zara. For, it's high fashion at a low price. Isn't that amazing? So you can just try out the trends, and then when it's over, you haven't really invested a lot of money in it i should get like a clothing sponsorship for that all right is that i i do know bruce ellington and deontay foreman were the same shirt one game last year it wasn't tennessee it was like around that time and they both bought the shirt at zara because i asked bruce ellington i'm like where did you buy that shirt he said i was like you guys make a lot of money why are you all shopping at zara <laughs> so that will be my guess well zara i mean it has like you said the price is amazing and there's so but does many... it fit is it fits football players better it does because like we said earlier we were talking earlier but nowadays football players to me are, are they're more lean when i played guys were a little bit more bulkier and big and they were wanting to be you know all that but now if you look at the mo the common denominator for most football players whether if you're a wide receiver you're a running back d lineman everyone wants to look like a model they want this model yeah. look and so they want their tailor made suits they skinny want pants. skinny jeans i mean skinny jeans like the you, suits are so tight it's I, unreal. I i don't think you could even eat a meal and have it fit right afterwards it, oh no if i was to show you pictures of what we wore when we were playing for the Texans, <laughs> you would almost say, did these guys play in the 1950s? Like, I swear, yeah, yeah, I remember yeah. this one guy, what's his name out It's one of my great friends, by the way. He was wearing a actual suit. And imagine this. He was wearing a, a, a suit up front and had like four buttons. Most a guys, four it's, button a, it's a four-button jacket <laughs> and it starts up here and it goes all the way down. Uh -huh. Then on top of that, he had humongous pinstripes on his brown suit. He looked like the UPS guy. <laughs> you know how UPS people wear their brown suits? a detective from like right. the 50s it was or crazy. something, right? And so everybody had their own fashion style. And back then it was the wide-legged pants, like right. triple pleated pants. And your pants kind of had the wider leg look. And nowadays, if you wore something like that, it Oh, no. Say, no. Even if it's even a little bit big, I think to someone that has seen that sort of fashion, you, it feels like it looks too big. Yeah. So I think these players see what the other players are wearing. And there's a lot of pressure in that locker room to look good because 
I know some of the bigger guys, they wear bigger suits, and the smaller, like the DBs and the wide receivers, they sort of rag on them a little bit. I'm not going to say who, name names, but they do say, like, your suit is four times too big. You need to get that taken in. And then all of a sudden you see everyone in, like, Taylor, Taylor. Taylor. It's like unreal. Did you, you could see? probably gain like 15 pounds in your suits <laughs> no, and nobody would ever notice. No, I told you, I'm only 5'6". I'm vertically challenged, so anything that I eat, it You're like, totally I cannot, shows. I cannot, my jaw Give me like started. a bowling ball if you gain like too much weight, right? Like little Hercules, Hercules. So can you imagine this? Um, I just, I was watching TV just maybe a few days ago and I was tuned on to the NBA, you know, the NBA watching those guys dress. And by the way, that's unreal watching some of those guys, what they wear. Did you see what Brian Westbrook wore? Their fashion is, like, really out of control. No, what, what was he wearing? I mean, he had skinny jeans on, and he had a shirt on, you know, place for OKC. And his shirt was ripped up all up in the front. So all, okay. you, could do is, all you could do was see his chest. And I'm like, <laughs> what is that covering? Well, how, how, how does that, how, how was he able just to walk out the door like that? But, again, that's the fashion in today's sports. But they have so many games. So they're game day attire. They, they need a lot more outfits than NFL players. But I've seen that even NFL players – the trend it used I'm sorry, to be Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook. I, yeah, I, I, I knew it. Yes, Brian Westbrook yeah, yeah. was a for the Eagles. Yeah, right? for the Eagles. Yeah. Excuse me. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> okay. right. Yeah, Russell. Uh, but 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 as far as football players go, you know, they it used to be suits and ties, and now it's trending away from that. It's nice shirts, pants, hats, Jeans, accessories. It, it's all about the. There's a lot of bracelets. Yeah, there's a lot of nice shoes, nice leather goods, yeah. belts. That's just really in. real smooth, cool, just young, cool, hip. You know what else? Rock star looking. I think it's because of social media. I think because now everybody mm. captures those pictures. It's not just the live cameras. And it just people take pictures and it's on social media. And so they want to look good. They want to look good. When you hurt the model, <laughs> when you look good, you play good. That, was that Deion Sanders? Well, so totally you look good. You, you play, play good. good. When you play you feel good. good. <laughs> they, when you feel good, they pay good. When you pay good, they you live good. All of, all I'm, of the above. I'm a big proponent of that. I, <laughs> I do think that you should dress for the job that you want and not the job you have. So even the non-starters, even the rookies, they're dressing really sharp out there. I agree. And when you Mall of America, with... man. I don't know. I don't know if Mall of America is providing that much fashion like the gallery. Well, I know gallery is just unreal about the fashion. I mean, you go to Louis Vuitton, so you got the Gucci store. You got Tiffany. I mean, no. no Nordstrom's, Neiman's. I mean, you got it. Whatever you want, you got it there. All right, so let me ask you, when the Super Bowl was here, it's obviously it's in Minneapolis this year, but when it was, in, it was in Houston last year, which was amazing. I don't know how much of the Super Bowl radio row activities did you hit up last year, and what about the first time it was in Houston because you were still playing at that point. So as a player that's not in the Super Bowl, what is Radio Row like? Because this week I've seen Deshaun Watson. I think yeah. J.J. Watt's going to be up there. Everyone's promoting something. Yeah. It's so all, it's, how involved were you in all that? It's always a fun venue, especially around, you know, the Super Bowl if it's in your city because you are you, you get exposed to so many different things and, and it's like being in your backyard. So when I was here in two thousand and three and then in two thousand four, I think that's when the, the year of the Super Bowl, it was amazing. Downtown was oh my goodness. In two thousand four. Yeah, you couldn't move. It was I mean, seriously, the streets were blocked off. And at that time, the Texans were new to the city the first couple of years. and Everyone was excited. I mean, you you name it, whatever celebrity, you saw him walking through the streets. It was like really? unreal. And every spot downtown, every lounge, club was amazing. So, of course, you know, I had to walk in a few times, but it was cool, DP. <laughs> did we you had- guys have your own little Texans group of players? Or did you guys all do your own thing? Or did you guys sort of explore together, like, as a – teammate with team with other teammates well, we, we did sometimes we would hang out with our teammates but i had a lot of my friends from iowa to come down so i had a group of about 15 guys and okay. we all stayed they stayed at my house and we went downtown true story so one night <laughs> we go out to the spot we go out to this little you know little lounge area and you of course you got to show your id now i don't look like an actual nfl player if you looked at me you'd be like no there's no way this guy can actually play the nfl uh-huh. so all my guys you know they have their ids for some reason jj decided not to to bring his ID for Because you're night. like, I'm J.J. Moses no. and I live in Houston. <laughs> no, I was like. You don't need any no, ID. I forgot my ID. So it was one of those things like, oh, my goodness. And uh-huh. we were too far away from my home to go back. And Traffic was crazy. Yeah. So we already paid for parking. So there's no way that I can actually leave out of downtown. And you don't have smartphones back then. We are like, let me Google me. No. And let me show you. So what would you do? None Did you not? Like- so crazy. So we walk in. Everybody gets in. My, all my friends go in. Boom. They're in. Boom. They're the in. The NFL players in, outside. They're in. And I don't have anything. I don't have my wallet. I don't have no NFL anything. Oh, major so fail. So the guy at the uh, lounge area, he was a security guard. And I said, hey, look, man, I know um, I just don't – I didn't bring my ID, but um, I am 21, and 
one of the guys was like, well, you, this is JJ, you know, he plays for the Texans and all that. He was like, this dude don't play for the Texans. Man, no, you can't get in. So I couldn't even get into the spot because he didn't think I was 24. Who said you were the, the, the NFL player, the other well, one guy? One of my worked? buddies. Oh, one, one of my of buddies, buddies. They were like, no, this is JJ. You know, he plays for, you know. I'm disappointed that nobody working at this joint the knew the funny thing was, was I cannot get into the spot. So <laughs> we had to go to another spot, and uh, the guy wouldn't let me in because I didn't have my ID. True story. Super Bowl weekend. It was funny. Oh, but did all your friends have fun, though? Oh, we had a blast. I mean, we <laughs> went to every spot. There was another autograph signing at Walmart we went to, and um, we also got invited to a, um, a fashion show, a celebrity fashion show, and it was down in the Galleria area. So it was um, 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 uh, Sierra. She was there. Really? Uh, before Russell Wilson? Oh, way before Way before Russell. she was married I mean, to him. Way before that. Okay. Way before that. She was there. I can't she, believe she's been around that long. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, there was also Coach Avery uh, uh, Johnson. Is that his name? From Sandy, uh, the, the San Antonio Spurs that used to coach there? Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Avery. Coach Avery. He was okay, there. Coach Avery. Um, there was a few other Texas guys there as well. And we were just modeling. And that so you was, were in the fashion show. I was show. in the fashion show, and I didn't have to show my ID to get it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it was cool because, you know, there were so many different events throughout that whole entire week. And, and it's in your city. You just see your city completely. Because I lived in Houston in 2004, but I had just had my first son, like literally three weeks earlier. So I could not, with a newborn, get out of the house. But I, was, I had so much Super Bowl envy. Oh. How can I tell you how much Super Bowl? I cannot explain to you because I'm thinking – this is the most fun the city's ever going to be. Ever. And I can't get out of the house because I have a newborn baby. <laughs> and I don't think I would be able to stay up past like 930 because you know how it is with a newborn baby. Right. So I love hearing these stories, though, because I just remember a lot of my friends didn't have kids at the time. And they were like, it was nuts. It was probably when I look back over my, my years of being here in Houston, that particular weekend was by far one of the most amazing experiences that I've ever had. Really? And that's even including playing in football games because there was you go from one event to the other event, every store was packed, and then to top it off, we went down to the Galleria later on that night, and the Galleria Mall shut down. It was really? unreal. And just like it did recently when it shut down, I think whatever. All-Star whatever, Weekend? Was it All-Star Weekend? Yeah. Something like that. And if you could pull it up, it was ridiculous. But that's how it was during that time. And I remember walking through the hallways in the Galleria Mall, and I seen um, Cedric the Entertainer, you yeah. know, the comedian. He was there, and he had an entourage full of people. And then <laughs> they said Beyonce was in the Louis Vuitton store. Then they said Shaquille O'Neal was there. So everywhere you looked, it was just amazing. Famous people All everywhere. these famous people. And so we decided to go to the Cheesecake Factory. And we, we had a spot there, and everybody was inside the Cheesecake Factory. So it was unreal at that time, and it was just a blast, DP. I just, my goodness. Okay, so then last year, can yeah. you compare the two? Were you out and about as much last now, year when now, the Super Bowl was here? Now, last year, was it was cool. Because we? it's different. It's It was Radio Row was, like, it was it was the Discovery Green. None of that was there in 2004. For some reason, it seemed like in 05, it was more of a buzz. I don't know why. Maybe it was something that I was used 04, to. yeah. But yeah. 04, so it was a buzz. It seemed like it was more like, oh, man, what do we do? But oh, oh, this year, this last year, it seemed like it was still cool. It was, I think a lot of the venues were spread out, you know. It yeah, was, it wasn't it was like all downtown. downtown. It was yeah. everywhere. And so, which was, it was, which made it comfortable for the city. I thought personally that the traffic was going to be unreal. But actually, the traffic flowed during the Super Bowl That's weekend. because everything was spread out so much. <laughs> right. They probably did that on purpose. They, because I do remember people complaining that it was so hard to park. It was hard to get around. And now, you know, like Discovery Green, we had Texans House. Did you visit Texans oh, House last year? wasn't that amazing. Yeah, that's uh, that restaurant that's uh, uh, the Grove. The Grove. And they took it over. They called it Texans House. And I remember the first day I got there, I thought, I don't know what to expect. And upstairs, they've got all these events going on. They had, oh, you know, the Jadevian Clowney playing pool with uh, George Springer. <laughs> right. Just, you know, just because that happens. Day. They're just playing pool. And, you know, ESPN's covering it. And then afterwards, we got to interview George Springer. Oh, and, wow. you know, Clowney's hanging out there. And then every day players, coaches, you know, network p- people from ESPN, former players, Shannon Sharp, like all these guys are just coming through Texans house. And just it was, chilling. And we were stationed there, so we were doing our shows from there. 
So we couldn't really venture out too much. But, you know, I was just waiting. I just really wanted to see Lady Gaga. I was like, if anyone sees Lady Gaga. Did she show up? Did you no, see her? No, she didn't. But I was like, if anyone sees her, can you just tell me where she is? Because I'll just, like, run out and try to find her. Then. Crazy story on Lady Lady Gaga. She was okay. apparently driving down Holcomb. <laughs> was she really? Yeah. And I'm like, I'm on Holcomb all the time. I okay. miss it. Yeah. Crazy story. Okay, so we were part of the um, events at the um, at, at, at Discovery Green and, and um, what is that spot called? Um, the George. Uh, uh, the George R. Brown Convention George Center. George R. Brown Convention Center. Which so. is where Radio Row and all the media were stationed. Yes. Yeah. So we're going down and we had drivers to come and drop us off with the NFL. So uh, one of my drivers that picked me up from my house, he said, well, I just had Lady Gaga in the car and her whole family. <gasps> and he said that she told all of her security do not wear suits or ties because she doesn't want to seem she just wants everyone to blend in. She, didn't she doesn't want to draw attention draw to attention. So everybody, I guess that was driving her or just, that was around her. They just was just in normal gear. Norma Tire. Isn't that interesting? But I think she would stand out. Although she wears so much stuff, stuff. maybe once she takes it off, she, she would, yeah, once she she would not it, know what she looks like. You wouldn't, <laughs> no one knows what Lady Gaga looks like. So what does she really look like without all that makeup and the hair? Yeah, so she probably had her hat on you know, hat on and some glasses, and you probably wouldn't think that. Well, there's it. so many people walking around. Yeah. Her performance, I, I've i never been to a Super Bowl until last year's Super Bowl, uh, and I have to say I never want to go to another Super Bowl unless the Texans are in it because that was amazing. To see the comeback, because I had, you know, when you don't have like any team you're rooting for, you just want it to be a good game. Right. So it was not a good game for about three quarters of it. I thought, I can't believe Atlanta's going to win this thing. And all the Patriots fans around me were just so sad and depressed. But I still wanted a good game. And so they started coming back and then it goes into overtime. And you're just thinking, I, I think I'm witnessing what might be the greatest That's Super Bowl right. ever. You know, and then the Lady Gaga show. It was, it was, was amazing. Like? What was the show like? I, I well, Lady Gaga was coming down from the rafters, like oh, right. I had great seats. She was right in front of me. Like <laughs> I literally could see her entire behind. And she was right and there. And she was right there. But I, you know, on the broadcast, they showed her jumping in. Yes. And so the next day, I remember people said, so did she really jump in? And I thought, did I? Well, there was a lot of smoke. Did I miss Lady Gaga jumping? But they had pre-recorded yes. her on the roof. And so they literally just lowered her. I was wondering what happened. How was that? But she was amazing. It seemed like it because I watched it at home on TV, and and I thought the halftime performance was crazy. But I was always wondering, like, how did she, how did it look inside the actual building? But now you I do it. like I like her music. I thought she brought a lot of energy. Sometimes halftime shows, like I remember Coldplay did it a few years yeah. ago, and I wasn't like super excited about Coldplay, but I thought she brought a lot of energy. I think this year, Justin Timberlake. Oh, it seems like that's going to be awesome. He hasn't obviously he hasn't performed since. 2004, yes. which is sad because she's not gotten another chance to perform. Oh, that bums me out for her, but I think Justin Timberlake will put on a great show. So was that true with Janet Jackson? Like when she was here in Houston, somebody said she went to go get a piercing or a tattoo. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't so hear that. I guess when she was down, I don't know how true it was, so don't mark me on my words, but I guess her time here in Houston. I love that I can get like gossip inside, from yeah, you. Gossip. This is like one-on-one <laughs> -on -one gossip from the Deep Slant podcast. Yeah, so it's now called the said, gossip. I, I don't yeah, know how ahead. true it is, but they yeah. said that she was down in the, uh, you know, where they go get the tattoos. And I guess down in the Montrose area or something like that. Yeah. But the buzz was that, I guess, Janet Jackson had went down there and got a piercing or a tattoo or something like that. I thought that Just was to commemorate cool. her visit in Houston. And Man. now she has it forever. <laughs> now she has it forever. <laughs> now she'll never, ever, ever get rid of it. Yeah. All right. Cool. Speaking of music, the Grammys happened this week. How much How much of the Grammys do you watch? You know, I was actually, okay, we were watching it, and I got my mom down here living with me for right now, and, uh, you know, it's So fun. mom's watching the Grammys, mom's too? Mom's watching the, the Grammys, and, uh, you know, we're chilling out, and, and uh, one of the performers come out, and my mom said, wait a minute, uh-uh, what is that girl wearing? <laughs> what What is she wearing? Uh-oh. And I'm like, mom, wait a minute, first of all, that's you ain't seen nothing yet. I mean, this is just the beginning of it. So I thought personally music has, music is now more than ever. M most artists, not only are they singers, but they also are sending a message. They're taking a stand for a cause. Yeah. And I thought, I thought that's, I think that's kind of cool in today's uh, music world because they're singers, but they're also speakers. They're also, you know, they have a platform, they got a platform right. and they're standing for something. So it's great to see when people can come together. But I thought personally, my, my favorite musician right now, hands down is Bruno Mars. I mean, Oh, then you must've been really happy. Oh my goodness. I mean, I think personally, DB, he could be like Michael Jackson's. He really could. I think Samson. Michael Jackson's music was a little bit better than his. I mean, I think, though, as an overall entertainer, his dancing, like the whole package. Isn't it unreal? Like, he just is so 
there's something just so electric about him when he performs. And I'm not a huge Bruno Mars fan. I know that's like, everyone's like, how can you not be? But even when he performed the Super Bowl, like, you just can't tear your eyes away from his performance. He's just so happy and dynamic. But I don't know. I mean, there was some, I was, I actually had this conversation with my husband the other day. I said, why do you think that Bruno Mars isn't like Michael Jackson? Mm. Is he like Michael Jackson? And I'm just missing it. But I feel like Michael Jackson was just transcendent. But maybe it's because... Bruno Mars, there's just so much more music out there now. Yeah, I think and different that, types of music. That's a good way to put it, and I think that Bruno emulates a lot of Michael Jackson's styles and the way he, that he's he moves. reminiscent of yeah, that style. So yeah, it's tough to compare the two. It's almost like trying to compare Kobe Bryant with Michael Jordan. They're very similar, but no matter what, Kobe would never. Uh, exceed Michael Jordan because he's kind of a copy of Michael Jordan. Yeah. So or Gaga to Madonna. I know early go. on people would compare her, and I said no, 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 no. There's only one Madonna. <laughs> no, it's only one Madonna and all that type of stuff. So. I love Gaga's voice, but there's only one Madonna. But yeah, so you were very happy with Bruno Mars. I was happy with it, and I was also watching the whole Jay Z thing, and I was sitting back saying, okay, what was he nominated for eight awards? Yeah. Okay, I was sitting back and I was watching. Okay. He's supposed to be, you know, he considers himself the god of rap, you know, I'm, in which he is. I don't right. take nothing away from Ho. Ho is, I, I love listening to Jay-Z. So to sit back and watch, you know, all these other, you know, up and coming musicians win time after time, it was like, wow, this is, it shows you the nature of that game as well. Right. You know, you can be hot for so long, but there's always a new kid on the block. But there's just so many, there's so much good music out there. It's almost unfair because I just think, how can you, I mean, I know they have different categories, which is great. So everybody wins in their respective category, but like album of the year, record of the year. I really enjoy Kendrick Lamar's music. Yes. And I thought, you know, he's just so different and the way he expresses himself is so different. Bruno Mars is you know, he. I thought he did a good job of saying I, a lot of respect to the other artists out there, but I just want, you know, like something happy, you know, yes. a happier time. So Bruno Mars, very happy, very pop, very uplifting. Kendrick Lamar, just a very different sound. But it's like, how do you judge the two against each other? And I battled with this last year with Adele and Beyonce, too, because Adele won and she even said, yes, she but did. Lemonade is like, <laughs> you know, like it's like the women's it was the women's anthem last year. Like, how could I beat? Let me, but I, you know, and Adele in her own right is very good. I saw both of those two on tour, Adele and Beyonce, and I, I mean, I really liked Adele. I like Adele too. What did you think about the song um, "Pray"? Uh, what was it called? Kesha. Uh, Kesha. What did you think about her? She. I thought the performance was very striking. I, I thought it was good. I've heard that song on the radio and never thought twice about it. Really. And then I saw her perform it, and it, and made it was you, different. It was different. Do you, do, does that ever happen to it you was, where you yes. you see a song perform live, and then all of a sudden you you like it a lot better? You do. And you, maybe she, she was trying to send a message, or maybe that's what it was, or just seeing it visually just it made was, it more appealing. It was very um, striking, and I thought that it was a message. And, and uh, I heard it before, and, and I didn't actually, you know, so when she brought everybody up there with her, I was like, man, this is kind of a – a powerful statement that she's making. And so I thought overall, man, it's great to see the music world. And But Granny doesn't like, my mom doesn't like all the outfits, of course. <laughs> oh, what did Granny think about Cardi B and well, Bruno Mars? Well, actually, Cardi B is kind of out there. Well, yes, yes. Well, actually, I do a, enjoy as, some Cardi B. <laughs> I can't listen around my kids, but. As a, well, it kind of turned Granny off at the first part of it. So she was in and out of the kitchen the whole time. And once she starts seeing certain people's, you know, wardrobes and all that type of stuff, but it's great to see, you know, all these up and coming musicians and what they're able to bring to the table. And and it's going to be interesting five years from now, DP. Where does music go to? Like, no, I, yeah, I don't, it's, just, it's going to be interesting because we both got kids and, you know, and you wonder. I do. Do you find yourself listening to new music? Because it seems like you keep up with new music. I know a lot of people, yeah. they sort of like the music that they like and the years go by and they just think the new music is just not as good Trash. as the music. <laughs> and I never want to be one of those people. Because I just feel like every era has its music. And I, I listen exactly to classic right. rock from the 60s and the 70s. I grew up in the 80s, so I love 80s music. 90s, like Bruno Mars bringing back that 90s sound. Yes. I love all that 90s music. I love new music. I love R&B. I love hip-hop. I love pop. I love electro. I love yeah. dance. Like I, I can appreciate all sorts of music. The only thing I can't get into, country mm. and like jazz. Okay. Those are the two genres that have really, and I've tried with country. Living in Texas, I really want to be a country music fan. You want to? You want to put the cowboy cowgirl really boots on? And but I'm not a chill person, <laughs> and I feel like a lot of country music is very chill. It's chill. It's like I also want to be able to enjoy a glass of wine, but I don't ever really enjoy. I drink it, but I, it doesn't really 
I mean, I'm not like, oh, I need to have a glass of wine. I went to a country concert maybe a, a few years back, and you know what? It was one of those things where I kind of sit back and I say, okay, because I'm like you, I don't, I've never really listened to country music, but I start watching their, looking at their wardrobe. I was like, man, those are some cool boots he has on. Yeah, the, 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 those are like thousand dollar <laughs> boots. You know what I mean? You can, you can really spend some coins. You can on those boots. And then the ladies, Antonio Smith used to have ostrich. He did. Uh, he had a collection of boots. We had a guy by the name of Jason Babylon. Oh, ba- yeah, Babin. Babin mm-hmm. from, uh, and played with the Eagles, matter of fact. And so I remember Jason would always go to, what is it, the uh, spot right here? Wow, um, the boot spot. Cavender's. Oh, Caver- Cavender's, Cavender's. Yeah. And he would always go there. And, and he had, man, seriously at that time, about 20 million cowboy boots. But as I've been in Houston for the last 14 or 15 years, JJ now has cowboy boots. I love cowboy boots. It, yeah, it makes me. JJ Moses or JJ Watt? JJ Moses. JJ Moses. JJ, I'm talking a third person right now. Stay with me, DV. But the, cra- I like the, the other JJ has boots <laughs> so too. I'm sure. The yeah. crazy thing, it makes me look taller too. <laughs> <laughs> so like JJ, he's grown. He's what five ten now. So you get, the, you get like the extra high, the extra. Give me the extra high heel back there, Cavenders. Yeah, yeah, so I've learned to really listen to country music. Now I don't just get in my car and just play it all day. But I'm like you. I like all genres of music, jazz. My grandfather loved jazz, and okay. so I remember that's part of my history where I remember going down to his house, and he would have the jazz and also the blues. Okay. So Now, blues, totally a little different for me. I can't really get into the blues. Yeah, jazz and blues, both. I would say both of those. Yeah, but ja- little, Yeah. Because they're, they're kind of chill. You have to be in the mood. Maybe maybe when I'm older. Maybe when you're older. But I like what you said. You like listening to all genres, and you want to stay relevant. You don't want to be that person where all you listen to is the 80s, and it's like now – what are these kids listening like, to who now? Are these? And maybe one day that I'll wake up and I'll just hate where music is going and that's it. But, uh, you know, I really love all the new music so, coming out. So in the 80s, who was so who was one of your favorite musicians? I mean, Madonna. You Me, love Madonna. Mark, Mark Vandermeer and I have this discussion because Mark Vandermeer a couple times on the year has said Madonna was not that great of a singer. And, I I mean, it's those are like fighting words because for the 80s, okay. Madonna had a very distinct sound. Okay. So I love Madonna. I, George Michael. George Michael, yes. If you, if, if there was any like m- voice that I could listen to for the rest of my life, if be... I was on an island, George Michael just had the smoothest voice. He was smooth. He was and smooth. I could listen to any of his stuff, and not just the Wham stuff, even like all of his solo stuff. Can How about you? you? Oh my goodness, I'm glad you asked. So, first of all, I feel the chemistry with us because I feel like you, you're asking if, me questions. Yes, if you like Madonna, <laughs> that just shows me something. We're on the right page because my. <laughs> Did you listen to Madonna too? Okay, now I didn't listen to Madonna. I like Madonna. But I listened to one of her boyfriends, so to speak. I'm, that was one of my boyfriend. favorite musicians of all time. One of her boyfriends. Get one this. of her boyfriends. I know Sean. Supposedly Sean. been her boyfriend or they dated. I don't know if they were boyfriends, but they dated. Who? Who? He was a rapper. Who? Tupac Shakur. Oh, did they date? They dated. So there I was, that, is that real? Uh, that's real. That's real. So, that's real. So <laughs> Tupac and Madonna. This is called the gossip. So Tupac okay. and Madonna. Tupac and Madonna. I, I, I don't know how long they how dated. How did they not have a collaboration though? That would have probably. Well, Tupac would have probably lived a little longer. Who knows who he would have collaborated with? But there was pictures, and of course, you see that all on the web. But I guess when Tupac was in jail at that time, Madonna supposedly had came to visit him. I don't think she did, but she did write letters, and it okay. was different things from you know, of course. Tupac and Snoop Dogg were best of friends. Right. So Snoop was just recently. I saw a video where he said that you know him and he was at a, a, a place performing, and Tupac and Madonna showed up. Madonna was on his arm, and it just and Tupac was like, "Man, that just makes Madonna so much cooler." Oh, it doesn't. Like, it? How cool is Madonna? Madonna's like the bomb. So yeah, that's cool. So I see <laughs> oh, so she dated Tupac. So you grew up listening to Tupac. Tupac right. Shakur was one of my favorite musicians because at that time, you know, he just had this swag. Yeah. And, and uh, he was talking about so many different things, and. Uh, you know, it was one of those things where he had the actual, um, the characteristics, the 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 personality, the you know the the way he could speak, and he was a mu- uh, music guy. He could also go on movies, and he was a poet. I mean, he had you know he could stand up for causes. There was so many different dynamics of his game. That he was I really sort of doing all of that before before it was really in to even do it. Exactly yeah. before the Jay Zs, before Kanyes, he was that guy. He was that guy. He was the guy that was the guy that. Love p- 
looked like Versace wanted him to rock all of his gear. So he was the guy that was wearing all that stuff before it was even cool. So that's what I like. He was a trendsetter. I I, I really enjoyed Snoop Dogg back in the day too. <laughs> I still enjoy Snoop Dogg. I don't know what it is about Snoop Dogg. If I he did that show with Martha Stewart. Oh, my and then gosh. he did this like lip sync rap battle. I was like flipping channels on the TV, and it was Snoop Dogg was no, it was a game show. It was like a weird game show where he was the host and then during the breaks they'd play music and he would be dancing to it and my husband so he's like what are you watching and he was like it, Snoop Dogg could be on like a beefaroni commercial and you'd stop it I was like I know I'm just like so I'm just so drawn to how like laid back he is he's got that west coast vibe I saw him in concert at the house of blues did you really a friend of mine used to work there and I said if you were any friend of mine you will get me Snoop Dogg tickets. Wow. And so I did. I got in. We had great seats. We were in the balcony. It was right when House of Blues opened. But there was a lot of um, extracurricular smoking happening on stage. <laughs> I and I was like, uh, I feel like it's wafting up to the second level. Did you level. feel underneath the influence after I might inhaling have, all? I enjoyed. I think I might have enjoyed it more than I should have enjoyed it. But yeah, he was. He was, and he. You know what? Despite any of that, he is. Like his timing for yeah. rap and everything, it was on point. It was on point. It's and, he's always on. And to see how he's transcended and now into really helping the youth out with little league football and what he's doing over for Long Beach in California, it's yeah, his amazing. Kids are playing football. I like that. I like to see kind of how he's adjusted over the years, and of course, he's more mature, more wiser than ever. And it's great to see when a guy can take their platform and go to the next level. I agree. I yeah, agree. I agree with it. So well. what about now, so? Okay, you like Bruno Mars, and so him and Cardi B brought back this whole '90s sound. Yeah. You know, sounds sound like Bill Bib DeVoe and all that. Like, yeah. what do you think of that? Is it too soon to bring back the 90s? Wow, well, that's a good question because... I mean, it was a lot of years ago now that you think about it. It was what? I mean, we're going on 30 years, almost well, 27 years. Can you believe that? Well, I'm, well you, you were born in the 80s, right? No. You said 80s. I 70s. Okay, I, I mean, I'm, I was born in the 70s. I grew up in the 80s. I'm born in the 70s. Well, I'm born in 79, so is that considered a 70s? Can yes. I still I make it sound like I'm more mature? Yeah, you I'm can, born you in the 70s. Can, yeah, I'd love, I'd love <laughs> so, I'm like mid-70s. So the crazy thing is, so the music in the 80s, of course, we know that fashion now is kind of back into the 80s. Like ladies now, of course, you got, you know, ladies like the skinny jeans and all that. But also I've heard and seen now ladies like wearing baggy jeans. Is that correct? You know, I don't know. Is that true? Like they like yeah. the baggy jean look. Is that your style? Or? That's not my style so, at all. Okay. So, so I, there's a lot of trends that I. I'm just like, I just don't, that's just not my look. But yeah, the it's like wide legs coming back. Yeah, you're not into the under that. I mean, I do, I'll wear it sometimes, but it's, I mean, I just really like skinny jeans. And also with the glasses now, I've, I've saw with Kim Kardashian all that. She's got this, <laughs> it's funny how I read all this. Small glasses, small So sunglasses. small glasses now is the thing to look, I guess that's the thing, right? That's. That's the yes. cool Yes, apparently, it, it, this is great that you keep up in pop culture because I feel like this is just, this should be my second job just talking <laughs> about pop culture. Kanye West wrote Kim an email or text saying, yes. get rid of your big sunglasses. It's all about the little sunglasses. And she wore these small sunglasses and something, and she looked amazing. So that, that made something? me second guess all my sunglass choices. It made you want to throw all the way you your throw big glasses. <laughs> like, man, this you small like... sunglasses and you need... You need big pants. But it's crazy because I bought so many coats when I was playing in the NFL, jacket, sports coats, and at that time, I was like a 42. And and for men, they know exactly. Yeah, but it was crazy because I I think I was more bigger, but that was the style to have your clothes a little bigger, like long white tees, big sports coats. That was the look. So now when I go back to my closet and I try my clothes on, DB, I can't wear it. I yeah. feel so like outdated. It's the, it, it, what's your actual jacket size? Now I'm a forty. I'm a for sure forty. Oh, okay. And so I maybe a size down, but a forty. But, but it's also got to be trim. It's got to yes. be a trim cut. I was going to say you your forty probably has to be taken. Yeah, in too. it has to be a trim cut. But so styles now, I think it's kind of reversed back where it is slowly creeping. Of course, within the eighties, but there's a lot of looks that I still wouldn't wear just because it's cool and and, and everyone's doing it. You got to know what looks good on you. All right, when you were playing in this locker room, who do you think had the best fast fashion sense, like ahead of his time? Wow. Okay. Back then, back then there were a, an elite group. The, they were the Illuminati. You're a wide receiver, the, yeah. so I feel like you're you 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 have a good sense of what that. They might were be. the uh, the Illuminatis on the team. The, at the Illuminatis. Time. That's uh-huh. what I call it. because they were the they were the ones before the actual trend that actually started the trend. Yes. And during that time, when everybody's wearing it, it's too late. It's right? too late. Yeah. They were wearing it, and I was thinking, and guys would be in the locker, I'm like, why are they wearing their clothes like that? Not realizing that they were a few years Ahead before the trend. So. At that time, it was maybe um, a guy by the name of uh, Marcus Coleman. 
Okay. Uh, Jason, um, I forgot, Jason, Jason, he went on to play Jason, not Babin, um, Jason, I forgot his last name. What uh, position was he? He was a DB. It was actually all the DBs all at the, the DBs. time. They okay. were starting to wear slim fitted suits at that time. Okay. And it was that thing where it was like, man, your suit's starting to get a little tight. But we didn't understand the fashion. <laughs> Can was, you bend and over? Aaron Glenn, and Aaron, remember Aaron, Aaron Glenn? Glenn yeah. Aaron Glenn was also part of that fashion where his suits fit perfectly on him, man. And they were just fashionable. And I was like, man, that's not the... I mean, you know, I wasn't used to that look, you know, with the skinny jeans. And they right. were starting to wear those boots and, you know, more of the fitted t-shirt instead of the bigger t-shirts. So it was about maybe four or five guys at that time wearing that look. And now you look at back and I'm like, okay, those were the guys that were ahead of the fashion, and they were start of it, but they were the DBs. They at were the, the time. DBs, and I remember when that switch sort of happened: baggy pants to skinny pants, and everybody yeah. was like, "What are these guys wearing? These are like ladies' pants." And now that's what everybody's wearing. To bring it up to speed, this last year, I think the new the new skinny pant was the capris. Oh, the Deshaun cap- Watson, DeAndre yeah, Hopkins, Hopkins. I saw that. those are the guys that would wear the the the. Cropped pants. I saw that. With the look. What do you think of that? You know, I saw DeAndre Hopkins. I think, again, you have to know what looks good on you and if it works for you. And I think Hops can pull that off. Like I think me, Hop also has the attitude. Of, he has the attitude. I love fashion, so people let it fly. They can let it fly. Because he's he's very confident in his fashion choices once he's made them. And I think that helps. So for me, for an example, I couldn't pull that off. I, I wouldn't look right, and I wouldn't even feel comfortable. So if you was to watch me walk, you'd be like, what is wrong with this guy? Why is he walking? Because I wouldn't but feel. JJ, I, we'd be like. He's so tall. Look, his pants are too short for him. <laughs> Maybe it might make you look taller. Right, right. So, pants. so I think that you got to know what looks good on you, and you got to know your body style and body type. But I did notice that certain guys were wearing the capri pants. And, again, it shows you that's the style with no socks and the shoes. And it's a, it's crazy to see kind of where it goes to from now. But, again, it, it shows you that Zara is one of the main stores. Yeah, because I'm, I'm telling you, Bruce Ellington and Deontay Foreman, they were in these – Crazy printed shirts with the same army green pants. Yeah, and it was it was at Zara. Uh, Deshaun Watson also chokers necklaces. I saw well, actually I saw him wearing the chokers necklace. Well, remember we he was wearing that Warm Moons jersey. Yeah, I do and that remember was really that. cool. He had like that was this, the coolest look I think. This is and he had his jeans with his Jordans on, and then he kind of had like a diamond necklace with a choker look. Back in my day, no one was wearing the long, the the, short, the choker uh, necklaces. I got a picture. I'm going to show it to you. Andre took a picture with my dad back in 2003, and Andre was wearing like a big old ne- medallion necklace that came down. I was going to say, and it had like a AJ, rapper necklace, like a rapper necklace, and yeah. that was the style. But now guys are not wearing those. Nobody's long wearing chains. big chains. <laughs> They're wearing the shorter chains that's coming up and all that. So. Well, because, JJ, when you take pictures and you're on video, no one can see the long chain. No one can see the long chain. This is very smart. This is all all perfect for social media video. Unintentionally. But I think it shows up pretty – DeAndre Hopkins is always doing something different. I think the more outside of your fashion you can go, the more you end up on all these shows. Everyone's doing like a fashion segment, which player, what they're wearing at the podium. Absolutely. Tom Brady. Look at everything Tom Brady. I'm sure this week we're going to see plenty of his looks. You're right. And what happens is a lot of the fashion designers, when you become this elite player in the NFL, like a Hops or J.J. Watt, and they see that you got this I like that you call them Hops, too. Yeah, and if you see you got this style or they see you got this little, like an Odell Beckham, if they see that you got this charisma, they'll say, oh, I could put my clothes on him and he can rock this. He'll make it work. It's great advertising. So it's a great advertisement. So I think in today's world, as an athlete, more than ever, you have an opportunity to, um, you know, to, to venture with other different fashion designers and to really go to another level. And you can become bigger than life. And that's what it's all about is using your platform to springboard into other careers, other avenues. Who knows? Hops, he might one day get into fashion. He might become a fashion designer, did, which would be interesting. It would be interesting. And, and he did do a few – he did do a little bit for the, the Go Texans store, I believe, right? Recently. I saw that. A few years ago, that's almost Texans lines. All right, so we talked about all these guys standing at the podium and giving these interviews. And now with Super Bowl week and Radio Row, like I hear all these crazy questions getting asked. Like last year, we had a guy with a fake – Tom Brady mask walking around interviewing people, <laughs> which was really creepy. Uh, you know, like all these TMZ types oh are out there asking questions. So, like, for you, do you remember what was the craziest or most awkward question that you ever got asked? Wow. Because Super Bowl week yeah. always makes me think about all these players and all the crazy questions. And I think sometimes they like the fact that they're the questions are not the same ones they get asked week sure. after week about the game and the matchup and how do you do this, Tom, and your preparation, blah, blah, blah. But, you know, sometimes it'll be something – 
completely out of the blue. You know, nowadays uh, it seems like media, not almost say they're more aggressive, but they're willing to ask the questions that most people are not willing to ask. Okay. And they're willing to challenge the player. Even if they're if there's a, a little um, if they don't like a player, they seem like remember when Aaron Foster was here for an example. Right. Aaron was the type he was very smart, intellectual, could tell you anything about every subject. And it was funny because when you would hear Aaron Foster's, you know, interviews, he would say something and then another guy would say, Well, what about this? And it would always make Aaron kinda intriguing, I like to say, and he would kind of run with that question and then spin off with a whole new conversation. Right. So I think that when I was playing, there was a questions asked, but it wasn't asked as it was more of just staying within the bounds of football. It wasn't like, so JJ, um, what did you, what do you shop at? Or uh, what do you think <laughs> about, you know, Lady Gaga? You know, it wasn't, it was, it was more, pretty much everyone stays in bounds with their questions. But I think nowadays everyone wants that big story. Yeah. And so they're searching for it. They're, they want to ask that question that nobody has ever asked an athlete or, or, or something like that. And I think that's the most challenging thing about interviewing like J.J. Watt or yeah. Deshaun Watt. Deshaun Watson's still new in the league, but like especially a guy like J.J. We've heard his entire life story yeah. multiple times. You know, all the I mean, he's done so many great things. He's been asked everything because he's done so many national interviews. Yeah. It's sometimes hard to find something to ask him or find out something about him that nobody else knows. And so that's why I really pride myself on knowing that J.J. loved 90s TGIF (laughs) shows. Did he really? Yeah, and I I heard this in an interview, and he just said it in passing. And so we used to have a show a few years ago called Texans Late Night. (laughs) I remember that. And we had him on, and we always played, we had an interview portion, then we'd play a game, and there was a a little bit of a, a live studio audience in there. And so we asked J.J. all these, like, trivia questions about 90s shows step by step full house family matters and he loved it, loved it. he loved it he opened and he up. was he was super competitive about it too <laughs> like if he didn't get an answer right away he'd be ma- he got mad at mark for calling topanga topanga you know right. from uh what's that show with uh cory and boy meets world okay and so then the next year we had him on and we, they were like yeah you should do that again with jj he loved that see that's- i thought do people like hearing these things? But, you know, as a listener, I enjoy hearing players talk about the inside. Things, things yes. like, like it's like Us Weekly. You know, when you see an actor or an actress at a gas station, like they, they buy gas, too. They go to the grocery store, too. I think the same way with NFL players. People like to know that you're human. Yes. And that this is the – what does J.J. Moses listen to? Oh, he watched the Grammys like I did. Yes. And he likes Bruno Mars. Like, these are things that you know are really – give people a sense of who you are. That's a regular person. They want to – First of all, fans are spending a lot of money to come and cheer you on. And I think it's beautiful when an athlete can open up and feel comfortable with sharing who they are, showing their personalities. And it shows that there's more in common with the actual Texans fan or the NFL fan. So people will be able to draw similarities between the between the two of them. Uh, and so it's great to see that JJ's doing it. But nowadays, guys are I, – I, I think it's, it's a balance. You see some guys are willing to open up, and then there's some guys – they're not willing to open up. But I think the guys that do open up, for some reason, more opportunities, more gigs starts coming their way. People get a better sense of who, who they, they do. are. Well, yeah. Remember what happened with Charles James? Oh, you know, yeah. when you saw inside of Charles James. The hard James, knock the hard star. Knock, it made him, like, <laughs> blow up. Everyone knew about Charles James. And then didn't he get, like, his little fashion thing? Yeah, at, he got at a the sock line. Sock line. Right, right. Because he was, he was a fan favorite, He was actually. a fan favorite. And I think that's, if you want to capitalize on your opportunities in the NFL, open up. Right. Open up. And if you can open up, oh, my goodness, sky's the limit. I think a lot of players shy away from doing these media appearances because they get asked to talk to the media every single day. Yeah. But I agree. Once people know what your passion is or what you're really into, like, obviously, you're into football. Obviously, that's a passion. Yeah. But if there's something else that you really like to do, people enjoy hearing about that. Like, with JJ, there's so many things that he's into. So many. You know, it's opened a lot of doors from – I'm sure Deshaun Watson will be no different. DeAndre Hopkins, we know he loves – even from Hard Knocks, we, we uh, he wanted to get a little dog with the little bag. Do you remember that? <laughs> I remember that. And I asked him for months. I'm like, did you get the dog or did you get the bag or did you get both? <laughs> that's great. So, and it's funny because you also want, as a player, you want to create this connection with the writers and the media and all that because if you become a, an elite player, aren't some of the writers the ones that can actually nominate you to become a Hall of Famer? Yeah, John McClain is one of those. John McClain. Right. So you want to establish that type of connection. And unfortunately, to me, that's what has hurt Terrell Owens and why he's oh, probably not. Point. Because Terrell, we all know he should have been in a Hall of Fame by now. I mean, the guy's stats was unreal. Yeah. But along the way. You don't he think was, he was great with media locally in Denver? I, 
just watching just his whole style, I think he rubbed more people the wrong way than the right way mm. as a whole. So a lot of times you might treat one or two guys great in the media or ladies, whatever, in your city. But when uh, when the whole, the mass has a negative viewpoint on you as a person, they're going to always create this thing about, I don't like him. That's interesting. I did read something that's that said that maybe one, one of the theories that it, why he got snubbed is because he always talked about the snub. Yeah. So because he's always talking about it, then they feel like they, they can't nominate him because then it seems like you're nominating him because that's what he wants you to do, which I, I don't know. I mean, I don't really have an opinion on that because I don't know what goes into all yeah. that. But I do think you need a champion on your side because I've talked to John McClain and he's gotten a lot of Oilers yeah. many, many, many years after the fact yeah. inducted into the Hall of Fame. But you really need a champion to go in there and say, this is why this guy needs to get in. And I think, of course, it all determines what you do on a football field. But I also believe that it has to be the whole dynamics of the game. You have to, But, again, there's a lot of guys that, that are in the Hall of Fame right now. They might not have been stand-up guys in the community. So Terrell kind of has a point, I believe, overall, because there's certain guys that they were arrested. They probably did this and that. But do they still deserve to be in the Hall of Fame? Do they still be in the Hall yeah. of Fame? So I think that what they're doing right now is they're probably trying to not – I don't want to say make Terrell a, a, a statement or, or saying that, hey, he's the poster child of if you do wrong or if you don't have this great what relationship. What not to do. What not to do. <laughs> because the guy's stats show that he's su- supposed to be in the NFL or the NFL Hall of Fame, and it's going to be inter- interesting to see what happens. But I believe this, DP, and, and this is so true. You also – have to be great with the, within your organization, within the team, within your teammates. You have to have that respect in the locker room. To me, that's what a Hall of Famer is as well. Not only is he performing well on the football field, but what are you like inside the locker, locker room? room? Are you bringing division or are you bringing players together? Is the team continuing to do well because you're there or you're that guy that draws this type of negative vibe wherever you go? And I don't know. I never was teammates with But do you think it's possible to be good on the field and still be a bad influence in the locker room? Because I feel like if you're good on the field, it's such a team sport, yeah. you would have to be good in the locker room. Well, I think I mean, I don't know. Enough. Maybe, maybe I, yeah, there's I think, an no, instance of that. Because you can be a great guy on the foot, on the football field. You could perform. Because, again, if you're performing on a football field, it's pretty much that's your, you know, your gift set. That's your skill set. So you're catching the ball, your sacks. You're making those plays. So when you go back into the locker room, that same type of attitude, if you bring it to that locker room where it's all about I, 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 got you, yeah. I it can cause so many divisions. Like, for an example, Johnny Manziel, great sure. player on the football field, but in the locker room, did Johnny bring it together? Or was it more of the Johnny Manziel's type of, you know, atmosphere? You got the media always talking to him, and it feels like a that. circus. And I think at times when you got a great player, he has to also be in the mindset as, I also got to be humbled within the locker room, within my teammates, that it's not about me, but I'm going to dish it back to you guys, all my success. Because those 52 other guys are what's allowing you Absolutely. to succeed on the field. All right, JJ, I think that's a good point uh, for us to wrap it up. But I'm going to give you a homework assignment for the Let's next time because we're talking about Hall of Famers and one guy that's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer, Tom Brady. Yes. He's got this Facebook show called Tom versus Time. And I, if even if you're not a Tom Brady fan, even if you can't stand Tom Brady and the Patriots, you got to check out at least the first episode. I don't know how people that don't that love football are not sucked into it. So I want you to watch it. You got a deal. And I want you to tell me what you think about it cuz I'm fascinated by this. And he's also 40, so he talks about being in the best shape of his life at 40. And you and I are, you know, we're not 20. <laughs> so <laughs> maybe that's why I'm fascinated with it. But anyway, that's your homework assignment. JJ Moses, thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure and uh, you'll be here next week. You got a deal. Same time, same place-ish. I'm not going anywhere. It's I'm not going anywhere season. either. All Let's right. go get it. <laughs> All right, JJ, thanks so much. You are listening to the Deep Slam Podcast here in the Hyundai Texans radio studio.